0: And welcome to the Powder Blue Podcast. We are still quarantined. Many of us furloughed, but we're still talking Phillies baseball. Even if there is none going on at the moment. My name is Frank Close. I'm really happy to be here chatting with you along with Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody. What's up, guys? Just in living there.
1: that quarantine life.
0: <laughs> and yes, while a lot of people are stuck inside, the Philadelphia Phillies are uh, among those stuck inside. But Major League Baseball is trying to figure out what's going to happen next. So whenever the quarantine is broken, then what? So uh, some good news out of this, uh, Jeff and, and Hunter, perhaps. Uh, that at, least, at least there's a plan in place here. So uh, we can kind of know what's going to happen next. Now, believe it or not, essentially these Major League Baseball players are furloughed, uh, like like a lot of people that might be listening And if furlough is a fancy word for you, Hunter, uh, that basically means they're laid off for now until the resumption. And so uh, what's going to happen is Major League Baseball has set up a fund which will basically kind of front players some money. But if there is no season, they don't earn any of that money back. And the players only earn the percentage of their salary that it was to be. So JT Real Muto, he has a nice round number. We're going to talk about him in the second segment specifically. But let's say you have a nice round number of, of ten million dollars, and they only play seventy percent of the games. Well, he's going to make seven million dollars this year. So so this is hitting the the uh, baseball players' pocketbooks as well as ours. And I'm sure uh, they all have pocketbooks, right? Uh, but 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 let me ask you this, uh, Jeff. So this this is a this is a pretty big. Uh, dent in the pockets of some of these major league players now we think of all the multimillionaires, but what might this mean jeff for a player who's maybe going to have his cup of coffee in the major leagues for a year or two and then doesn't get to play ever again
1: yeah frank i mean that's you know the case with uh, all of us and in people in every sport whether it's football baseball hockey you know we always tend to think of the guys that you just mentioned like real muto uh, you know, Jake Arrieta, the guys who have the huge, enormous deals. But there are a lot of guys, uh, you know, who I mean, think about just, for example, Sir Anthony Dominguez, right? I mean, he might have to have Tommy John surgery. He's not making a ton of money because he's not an established veteran in the major leagues. And is he going to be able to get his surgery at a time where everybody's social distancing? Is he going to be able to go to the hospital? Is he going to be able to get that taken care of? Is he going to be able to get it rehabbed correctly? Inter- interesting
0: around. you mentioned that because Noah Sindergaard of the New York Mets, yeah. his Tommy John surgery happened as scheduled, considered an essential surgery uh, by the doctor who did it, who I'm sure was well compensated. That's a, that's, that's a whole other issue we could have here. But uh, If you but, were to uh, ask
1: me what, <laughs> what team would probably suffer a season-ending injury during the middle of a quarantine, I would probably
2: have said, the Mets.
1: (laughs) I agree. Absolutely, the Mets.
2: I agree completely. Now, I wonder if you bring up Sir Anthony Dominguez. Would this be a good time for him to look into something like that as
0: well? I mean, it seems like it's leaning that way, don't you think? Yeah, he should
1: take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're only going to get – I mean, let's let's say they play 80% of the games, which is a pretty – pretty generous guesstimate at this point. Well, he's only going to make 80% of his salary this year, and he's still right around the major league minimum. So if he has any hope of earning power later, well, of course, you would want to get that surgery done. So, so let's take a look uh, through some of the rules. Uh, Jeff Passon of ESPN.com. I highly recommend that if you haven't gotten a chance to read this article. Uh, this was this was posted on March 28th, and and he teamed with Kylie McDaniel to write this report that kind of outlines some of the significant implications of this agreement between the MLB players association and the, uh, an MLB. Now I think the nice thing here is I think both sides tend to know that things aren't good. And when both sides go into this kind of with the understanding that everybody's got to give something up because I, th- let's face it, all of us are right. You know, I, you know, I'm out some work. I, I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of us are. Um, but, um, they they seem to want to, uh, to take a reasonable approach to this now. Um, in terms of when baseball is coming back, there are three rules that are going to apply here. All right. Now we just we just heard from the president the other day that uh, April thirtieth minimum. That's when they want the social distancing to to go through at least to give a chance to uh, flatten out the curve, as they say, and that's expected. Perhaps this is good news. They're thinking maybe in a couple of weeks we'll hit our peak and then things will start to regress. That would be, that would be positive, right? Uh, so here are the, the three factors. First, there cannot be any governmental edicts on mass gatherings that would pre- prevent teams from playing in their home stadiums. Two, no travel restrictions in the United States or Canada. And three, the determination after talking with health, health experts in the union that playing does not expose players, fans, or staffs to health risks so now here's one of the things now point one the idea of uh, preventing teams from playing in their home stadium it sounds like they might be open to some neutral sites if let's say kind of one city is at the back end of this and it's not not a safe place to go um would you guys be willing to consider that hunter let's start with you uh, if you if you're if you say well, you know what, it's passed through a lot of these big cities, but maybe I'm just going to throw out a random city. Let's say Detroit isn't uh, hit the way that Philadelphia is and New York is no, at this bad, point.
1: That example, Frank, that's um, one of the hardest hits. <laughs> uh,
0: I'm, I'm looking positive, but but let's say if one city has to play their game somewhere else, would you be okay with that, Hunter? I, I think so.
2: At this point, I feel like I need sports in my life, so maybe it's the selfishness in me. I don't know if it's the greatest thing. I, I mean, it's it's what's the alternative? It's either you have some sort of baseball. If you're the owners and you're looking at the revenue side of things, it's either you keep missing out on these games, you continue to lose money, or you go into a stadium that has nobody in there and you throw them out there and they just get to play that way. I feel like that's the way to go because, as I stated, it's either you're making no money at all and you're going to continue to lose, or at least there's some TV revenue involved that will help out. So, yes, at this point... Getting people on the field, we have to understand that there will be no fans for the start of this. You don't just go from nothing to 20,000 people screaming <laughs> and going crazy. So with that being said, yeah, I, I would be open to it because you got to somewhat start the trend of getting back on the on the right path.
0: And, and very interesting you say that because I, I caught up uh, – well, not me personally, but I caught Dan Straley, a uh, member of the the 2019 uh, Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. He signed with the Korean Baseball Organization, and actually, his teams. What the KBO is doing right now is they are only playing scrimmages against their own team right now, with no fans. And and very interestingly, in in South Korea. People are tuning into those games uh, to watch their team play itself uh, right now. And and uh, Straley was saying that it's definitely a unique experience, but he is grateful to play. So, I mean, there's that, right?
2: If the Phillies were playing the Phillies right now, I bet your ass you're watching because I know I am and I know
0: (laughs) is too. But well, how many candidates were in the rotation, right? There's there's enough that you could you could you could fill ten rotation spots, right? Well, you know, go, I don't know go, if
1: it's if it's Velazquez versus Pavetta, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I'm watching.
0: Uh, maybe might be honestly. Kohler <laughs> Kohlervin versus uh, Pavetta and Velazquez versus I don't know who else is down there. Enyel de los Santos, uh, but possibly. You're not making so, it sound any better, Frank. <laughs> well, you know, what? Hey, at least there's baseball, right? You know, so I yeah I, I think that that that's an encouraging thing. All right, so now Let here's me, the next.
1: Can I, wait, can I just? go back to what you guys were talking about sure. with this neutral site thing that I I'm with Hunter that yes, you know, sports is great. I want to see it again even if it's in front of an empty stadium. Although I do I have argued and I still contend that I think it's going to be more difficult beyond day 1 and day 2 than we all think. But I'm very it's not that I'm confused. I I can't visualize what you're laying out or and, and what they've agreed to. The idea that there would still be cities stricken by the coronavirus outbreak, and there are other cities that are not as bad. And so what? How many teams, all major league teams, would then travel or have teams dispersed to these, what, two or three cities or four, I don't know, that may be able to host ball games in empty stadiums? Now, you still have to get there from where you're at. You have to go to the airport. You have to travel. You have to go back to where you're from. I don't... Realistically and feasibly, see that scenario ever happening?
0: Well, it remains on the table, uh, I suppose, and gives you at least an option to play if, if that's what it comes down to. Now, let's look at the next point that he makes here. um What's the first step when you get cleared? And here's the here's this kind of answers our one question we were asking about last week. Teams will report back to their spring facilities. So uh, I mentioned last week that I understood that the Phillies still had their lockers still intact down in Clearwater, unless they grabbed a bat or their glove or something like that. But looks like we're going back to Clearwater, so uh, that's that's kind of interesting. So uh, uh, you know, maybe some of that uh, neutral play, no fans, maybe at that maybe at that point they're kind of playing in spring training games to get going uh, without the fans. Maybe that's a possibility behind the scenes, but a lot of it would have to to um, again. The idea is uh, they're going to get to camp and they're going to decide on the plan that best is for the health of the fans. Now, that leads me that to the next.
1: Could, do you think that they could do that and then limit attendance to maybe a fraction of what they would normally have? So you could have people sitting in the stands, but no, not within six feet. So let's say the state. What does the
0: stadium hold down there? That, About the 10,000 if they're like maxed out.
1: Could they have? 2,000 people interspersed to so at least give the game a little bit of color in the background
0: well I could tell you this I've been to Clearwater threshers games in June and July and uh, <laughs> they're lucky to get, they get. they're lucky <laughs> to get 200 actually because you know the tiki bar and a threshers game in July is jam-packed but nothing else so I actually actually want to this side this is a side story but one of chase Sutley's rehab games in Clearwater I was there for and uh um, the Tiki Bar had two-for-one drinks, and they were not spring training prices. They were normal season prices when, oh they, <laughs> when the fans aren't there. But um, Tiki Bar was where it was at. Nobody in the stands. But I will say this. How eager are you to go to Florida in July, right, or or June even, right? So uh, I don't think they're going to have the same kind of demand that they had in March where people are taking their vacation. You know, I well, was rebus- wondering
1: if they could pull it off yeah. where they could have a, a have fans there without it being considered dangerous, you know, or or within distance
0: that's a good, very good question. I'm sure if it came to that, they could find a way. But but let's face it, too, if a lot of us are going back to work at our regular jobs, and uh, you, probably, you probably don't have a, a trip to Florida in the budget, you know, if you're just trying to get back to work. So, well,
1: I think that's the point, right? That you're yeah. not having people traveling, you're just having people in Florida who are going to the games just to add that background to it.
0: And I think they would do that. They've, they, they, I will say the Threshers have some pretty hardcore fans. And the nice thing about the people that are locals there, they go to all the different sites locally. So they'll go to Dunedin games. They'll go to Tampa games. So mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a pretty cool experience. And I think that's why people don't go to the Tampa Bay Rays because the minor league parks there are still an awesome experience, even outside of the regular season. So uh, when we look at what a schedule might look like here, now this is pretty interesting here. So they, they they are willing to go a shortened spring training because let's face it, you need to do something to get back in shape. But it looks like then, um after that they could kind of rush it back which means i like this scenario they're willing perhaps to go to 29 players on the opening day roster to help teams get going and another um point that they make here is uh that you know the uh, mid-may to early uh mid-may might be the best case scenario for people getting to camp early june and if that happens Maybe 130 game schedule, but maybe 80 to 100 is the more realistic number. So that's that's a really interesting question there. So now, interestingly, uh, insight uh, into that is Japan. Now, when the Nippon Professional Baseball postponed its March 20th opening day to April 24th, meanwhile, um, Shintaro Fujinami, he is a star pitcher for the Uh, hanshin tigers and he tested positive for the virus so um they're saying they're still gonna open on april 24th which is which is pretty interesting here now the question is you know what would mlb start the season if one or two other players we're still stricken with the disease. What do you think about that, Hunter?
2: No, I, I don't think so. And I feel like it's kind of similar to the NBA. Once Rudy Gobert ends up getting tested positive, then Donovan Mitchell has it, then Woods has it, then this guy has it, that guy has it. If one person in the in the MLB ends up getting positive, you have to you got to have your hands tied behind your back. I don't know what else you could possibly do as a general—or not a general manager—as a— uh, come on. What am I, Commissioner of Baseball? Yeah, and, yeah, exactly. And it's not like, well, well, we do say this though about baseball. Every time we always bring up the Commissioner and then deciding to make a move, we always claim that they make the wrong move. Therefore, when it comes to baseball, maybe there is a tiny possibility that they would play if somebody does test positive.
1: I think also we have no, we have a lack of information. Well, not information, but uh the ability to know how four or five weeks from now. This thing is going to be. I mean, maybe uh, it turns out that there's not a vaccine, but there is a d- drugs that we find out work better. I mean, there's a whole lot of science going on right now and a whole lot of experts mm. meeting every single day trying to figure things out. So perhaps by then they will figure out a way if somebody has it, you can kind of remove them from the scenario. You can treat the people around them a little bit quicker. Who knows what we'll know by by this time in June.
0: And of course these rules then would subject to be changed but the next one's pretty interesting the players the one thing that the players absolutely insisted on they wanted to make sure they get their major league service time now there's a lot of significance to that right because uh, you know for players if the season goes away and doesn't happen then what happens to somebody who would be a free agent this year now we're going to talk about JT Real Muto specifically in segment 2 But imagine the Los Angeles Dodgers. They traded some of their best prospects for Mookie Betts. He will be a free agent if they don't play this year. What do you think about that, Jeff? Well, look,
1: I think anybody who traded for a guy on a one-year deal, right, has to take that risk regardless. Mookie Betts could have torn his ACL, right? And then Mm. that would have probably made the Dodgers back off a little bit on giving him an extension and waiting until he got healthy or at least the the following offseason when they had to make a decision. Uh, if there's no baseball played, that sucks. But you have to remember that the, the teams that gave up assets for a player, like in this case, it would be the Dodgers well, or the Red Sox. The Red Sox don't get to reap the benefits of that either. So it's just the way it is. And then the guys hit free agent. It doesn't mean the Dodgers won't get a chance to sign Bets. They knew when they acquired him that if they wanted him long-term, they were going to have to pay him a lot of money. And it sounded like Bets was going to test free agency regardless. And that's why... The Red Sox traded him. So I, I while I, I do think it's a rough situation for some of the teams, there's really no other way around it.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's similar to when you think about these college players that now lose their – it came down today, actually, that we're recording this the same day, that winter sports – athletes in college will lose their eligibility they won't get another one while the spring teams do it's very similar to that it's just unfortunate nobody wants it to go this way nobody could have seen this happening I mean no one can see the future no one would have known that this would all come down this way so it's just an unfortunate situation that the Dodgers if this does play out where there's no season and they miss out on Mookie Betts playing there at all it's
0: there's nothing you can really do about it. And among some of the other free agents, we uh, George Springer could be a free agent next year. Trevor Bauer of the Cincinnati Reds, Marcus Stroman of the New York Mets. Imagine that for the Mets—they they lose Noah Syndergaard for a year anyway. But uh, imagine if they they, they uh, don't even get Marcus Stroman for someone who they just traded for last year, and then next year they're they're beyond him and they're going into Syndergaard's last year. All right, one more thing to point out about this: so if no games are played, so there's this hundred seven million dollar advancement. The teams guaranteed players. So they are going to get $5,000 in um, May and, and April uh, to basically, if they have no other agreed to contract, you know, people get their, people essentially will get guaranteed some money for the year, but if there's no games, that's all they get. So it's pretty interesting that the major league baseball players association Definitely is not holding baseball to their standards because let's face it, baseball's not getting revenue either. I think the big thing about the Players Association has been arguing for the share of revenue that's rightly theirs. And if there is no revenue, then I guess they can't really particularly uh make make, make a difference in, in terms of, of uh of uh you know, if there's no money, well then there's no cut to get, right? Right. Well, right. are you there's are no you pies. guys more surprised
2: that like who do you think made I know realistically nobody made out, but in terms of these two parties right now, who made out better?
1: I think probably the players, to be honest with you, I mean, they're gonna get significant revenue whether or not there's a season and that means guys who are fringe and guys who are lower level and don't and, and honestly, it ain't like football to me, and I don't know how hockey salaries work, Hunter, but even like the fringe guys are are pretty well paid in baseball like you know middle relievers like david robinson what was he what did he get signed for david like
0: robertson was gonna make what 10 million a year 10 or is it 12 10 to 12 I yeah i mean that that's number. like a that's a starting 12, wide maybe.
1: receiver for a lot of teams so I mean, and this guy's you know pitches once every two or three days so i think regard to be honest with you i think baseball players always make out well because they have the strongest union of all the four major sports
0: one more thing I want to add about that, too, is that uh, according to the uh, the terms of the deal, if any player has incentives, they will be paid on a prorated basis. So uh, so if your contract said if you play 100 games, your option vests or if you play uh, if you pitch in 30 games, your option vests and you only play 80 percent of the games, well, then that will that will then become 80 games and 24 games to match up to that. So players still at least percentage wise Seem to get to that now. I have one more question, and we're we're going to be approaching our first break in a couple minutes. But um, what do you do? What does this mean for record books? Right? I mean, this 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 might put a real dent into the, somebody's overall careers. Could this affect the Hall of Fame? Could this affect a player's legacy? Hunter, why don't we start with you? What what does this mean for players long term?
2: Well, I mean, if it I'm I thought of this instantly, and I know this is baseball, but when, in terms of hockey, like. Uh, Alexander Ovechka right now is ready to go after Wayne Gretzky's goal record, and now you lose out on a back end of the season in the playoffs. That could be significant in terms of the overall picture if he comes up, say, 10 goals short. Well, now the conversation is going to have, oh, remember back in 2020 with the coronavirus? It could be very similar to something like that in baseball if i mean i don't know if that's ever going to happen with the home runs although the home runs are getting crazy where there's 5 billion a year you got guys like Pete Alonso hitting 50 plus i mean it's crazy so you never know but in terms of like just this season i don't think there's much to be said about it i feel as if it would only matter at least this is my opinion with something similar to what I just laid out with Alexander Ovechkin. Not so much this season. I don't think anyone say they play 70 games, they're going to look at it and say, "Well, imagine if they would have played 162. He could have had way more." I, I just I don't know if it's going to be talked about like that. Jeff you know, I,
1: I, uh, I just feel like it falls under that umbrella of life ain't fair. I mean, I think of the 1994 strike shortened season. I mean, the Yankees were 27 games above 500 and the Expos were like 34 games. Oh, uh, that Expos team
0: one of the best of all time. But I anyway, mean, go on.
1: everybody on the Expos team, they had the Alou, they had Randy Johnson, they had Langston. I mean, they, they were just an unbelievable, they were a machine and they never got a chance to win that World Series. And of course, we see all these decades later that they, Never even get to stay in Montreal. I mean, that was really Montreal's one shining moment, you know, to uh, to bring a, a championship to that city in baseball, and they couldn't do it. And there's really nothing we can do about that. It's just all in the past.
0: And that might end up coming back around to Montreal. They're they're in perhaps that's a name that's mentioned to to get another team going forward. I'd love to see it. So we'll see what happens. Uh, I I got to see them one last time before they left the town. And and I understand why they left that stadium, but, uh, (laughs) but that'll close our first segment. We'll be back after this talking JT real Muto. What does this mean for the Phillies under those terms? We just went over Frank close Hunter Brody, Jeff Mosher. This is the powder blue podcast. And we are back with the powder blue podcast, Frank close, Jeff Mosher. Hunter Brody and our first segment, we got to go through a little bit of what the major league baseball season might look like when they come back, that the MLB players association and MLB have agreed to certain terms, which sort of chart the path forward. And one of those things, that's a really interesting point, uh, And this is what the players fought for the most. The players that were going to be free agents after the 2020 season are still going to be free agents after the 2020 season. And that means, Phillies fans, JT Real Muto, if there is no 2020 season, he will go right into free agency. Now, that might elicit a lot of emotions. The Phillies paid dearly to get Real Muto on the team. You know, for years, I used to always say, why aren't the Phillies taking advantage of these Marlins fire sales, right? You know how they happen every few years? They get rid of all these amazing talents. And, and after they did not get the MVP, <laughs> which I which of all the players that was, I, you know, it's really funny that that back when the Phillies uh, were at least rumored, rumored to be interested in Christian Yelich, people were saying, <laughs> we don't want to trade Oduble Herrera. Oh, no, you can't trade Odubel Herrera. <laughs> Classic Philadelphia. At any rate, we're not here to talk about Christian Yelich. Uh, I'm just bringing up that the Phillies paid the Marlins deeply in terms of price, they traded a, a potential number one pitching prospect in six Sanchez, and they traded a very capable starting catcher in Jorge Alfaro. And they may get nothing this year out of JT Real Muto if they cannot come to a contract extension. So, just on that alone, let's let before I get to the, the ins and outs of, of what they can do in terms of negotiating at the moment. Hunter, what happens if they don't get to resign sign JT RealMuto? I'm, I'm going to be pissed.
2: I'm, I'm just flat out going to be pissed. And I feel like this is a situation where my gut tells me that he is going to hit free agency. And I just feel like your number one goal should be to make sure that this guy does not hit free agency. I mean, there should be no reason to even play this game. You have the situation in front of you. You can stop it from happening. Make sure that doesn't happen because guess what? You can accidentally slip up. Another team can sneak in. It's just there's no reason to even put your organization in that spot where you might potentially, even if it's slim, and I don't think it's going to be slim, but you shouldn't put your organization in that spot to lose someone like JT Romuto, because if they do, this team is screwed. Not just what he brings to the table defensively, but he's great at the plate as well. I just picture last year, all of those times someone tried to run. Why are they trying to run? This guy would throw out everyone. It was such a big part of the game. They can't lose this guy, and it comes down to them giving up so much. The worst thing is, could you imagine losing him and then Sixto Sanchez wins 10 Cy Youngs? I mean, I can't believe it. That's going to happen. that's a bit extreme, (laughs) but I get your point. He's going to be a great (laughs) pitcher.
1: 10. Just 10. How many Cy Youngs did Cy Young win?
2: <laughs> yeah, you're right. You know what? That's a good point. It will then become the Sixto Sanchez award, and he could have been a Philly. They would have renamed the whole
0: thing
1: over. I got to tell you, if Sixto Sanchez wins 10 Cy Youngs, Hunter, I think the they Philly screwed up regardless of whether or not they signed the real Muto to an extension. <laughs> But let me ask you something. On a serious note, though, what's the difference? Do you think the plan for the Phillies was to get two years out of Real Muto, hopefully win a World Series, and then let him walk?
2: I, I would hope not. Okay,
0: let's, no, so let's, absolutely say, not.
1: Then let's say they did it. Let's say they happen to win the World Series this year, even if it's a shortened year, and he walked. Would you absolve them?
2: I I, I would feel better about it, but I would still think,
1: well, because all I'm saying is nothing has changed because they still have the opportunity. If he walks, it's because they didn't pay him the most amount of money, but do not any different than now, other than you may just lose the whole year. But again, that's why I say if you're, if, if the Phillies mindset was, well, maybe we can squeeze in a world series ring. And then if we don't meet his demands, we have the currency from the fans because we won a
2: World Series, but I don't see how anything else has changed. Well, see, I, I think that's flawed. If you gave up on Sixto Sanchez, a team that needs pitching that badly for mm-hmm. a chance to win. and And here's the thing. But I, I agree would, with you. I don't think
1: that's what they were right. thinking.
2: I was going to say, so, if if they were to go out and get all this starting pitching, like the is still flawed. So if they went out and got JT Romuto and then added three legit starters and then you realize, like, okay, hey, they put something together, even if it is for two years, then it mm-hmm. would make more sense. But they're giving you 75% of a roster and then they're going to – they right. can't have that mindset with the way right. that this is – And swishy. I'll say this,
0: that was my big complaint last year about the Phillies was that – They seemed when they made that trade for Real Muto, they paid all that money for Harper, that they were in it to win it. And yet they didn't address the starting rotation last year going into this offseason. All we heard from Jason Stark and and Jason Stark is a very reliable source now with the athletic. But uh, when Jason Stark says the Phillies are looking to get two starters, you believe that he heard that from somewhere legit. Right. You don't doubt Jason Stark. Right. Mm -hmm. But yet they couldn't do it. You know, it's one thing to to desire that. But at the end of the day, you still have Zach Wheeler and we spent three podcasts trying to figure out who the hell's going to start fifth. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's uh, that's what surprises me about Real Muto in terms of the Phillies and where they're actually going with this. But let's let me uh, let me uh, go through quickly what's going on right now with the rosters. Right now, the rosters are frozen. Teams may not make any deals. And mm-hmm. the Phillies did make a couple moves. We'll talk about that in the next segment. So the what you have right now is the roster that is set, but part of that is you cannot even negotiate with any players about extensions. Which I found this to be pretty fascinating. Like, well, one, I I guess the first question I have is why did Major League Baseball shut down negotiations during this time? Because it seems like when you're sitting at home, is a great time to get on Zoom, like like everybody, like you're doing with your classes, Hunter, right now over at Rowan, and actually like you know, sit down and negotiate a deal. Why can't you do that?
2: It does seem odd. I'll be honest with you. It does seem odd. Like, why won't you... Why can't you communicate with your own players about extending? That That is very odd to me.
1: Uh, the only thing I can think of is that... Um, no, I was going to say maybe taking physicals before you agree to long-term contracts, and then it becomes a difficult That's situation That's not stopping getting... in the NFL, though. No, it really isn't. It's not stopping... Well, it technically... You're right, because you could agree to the deal under the premise that when things resume, you take a physical and pass it. So in fact, I think, yeah, baseball is probably failing itself in that department, which is not a surprise of you know not keeping itself in the public eye at a time where the NFL is able to do it without its product being on the field.
0: So do you think this in any way hurts their ability to resign him, That that there's just this lull where they can't,
1: do how How is it different? I, I just don't see what's the difference. I mean, he has the opportunity to decline any contract offer right now in, and hit free agency and see what the max money is going to be before deciding, which I would imagine he would do anyway, or they're just going to knock his socks off with an offer and he's going to and he's going to resign, which they have the opportunity to do. I, I really don't see the big difference here.
2: Well, let me say this. If if I'm Matt Klintak, right now this is all crazy. I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff going on. But what else is more important in terms of the roster right now other than JT Realmuto? Like if I'm thinking, if I have a list and I'm Matt Klintak, this is at the top of the list. I mean, it is a serious issue that needs to get done. So with that being said, even though I can't go out and actually talk to him or Zoom him and talk about it, I will have... 10 different scenarios written down and processed where, okay, this is how I'm going to approach JT. If he says no to this, we're going to try this. We're going to try this. Like It should be structured and there should be a game plan so when it is time where they can communicate, I have something in front of me where I can lay out a bunch of different scenarios and at least try and get him. They, I, I just don't want him hitting free agency. Make it work before he hits the market. And I feel like that that's possible.
0: And really, when the teams resume, they're they're they, again they're going back to Clearwater, right? So that would be an opportunity to to perhaps pick up the negotiations. But am I crazy? Oh, can I, can I, I add am this? Am I crazy?
2: You guys are looking at me like I'm crazy.
0: No, no, no.
1: I, I would say this: in the event that there is a lost season and not a single game is played, I think it would be smart of MLB and um and the players' union to sit down one more time and negotiate maybe like a week window for teams to be able to take care of in-house free agents like that but the i would i would say hunter that like you know how it works in the nfl right the combine there's supposed to be no communication there's communication so (laughs) if if you if if you're trying to get me to believe that matt clintack can't call up uh what is it scott boris right no he does
0: not he is not represented by scott boris
1: Oh, okay. Well, either way, uh, whoever his agent is, if you're telling me that there's no conversations going on right now during this quote-unquote freeze, I'm I'm gonna say you're you're lying. You know, of course they're they're talking.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, and yeah, I, I don't so know I, if
1: there's it's a- no reason for them not to be able to at least do what you're saying is have all these scenarios mapped out and say when everything starts up. We announce it,
0: right? So, so Jeff Berry, who is uh, JT Realmuto's agent, so not not one of the big names, but he's he's trying to play like one of the big names uh, in terms of how he's how he's managing his client right now. Well, that was going to so, be my
2: question. It's like, is that a good thing? It's not Scott Boris or a bad thing because at this point, it seems like him and the Phillies have a good relationship, even though he's one of the tough guys to deal with. But here, you know, here's this other guy. It's like, who are you? You know,
0: and honestly, that's been the case. Ever since now, I kind of want to move the conversation to one more thing in the last four minutes or so we have in this segment, but uh, think about the economy for a second, right? We're taking a huge hit. Like, so it doesn't, you know, I don't want to look at my 401k, right? So like, I I know I have like a I, want to say a four, I think I lost a fourth of my money in, in like four weeks time, which is unbelievable because I met with the financial planner right before all this and and uh, he thought I was doing great. Well, now he, now certainly I'm not doing great. So when the economy comes back, baseball's revenues have to take a hit, right? Would you agree with that? Like if, if you're the average fan and and you were furloughed for this few months, you probably still had to pay your rent. You still have to pay your mortgage there's going to be a decrease in in fans going to games, right? Am am I wrong to think about that? Uh, I think you're right to think about that. I also think that just because some government
1: agency or government leader says everything's okay, you can go out of your house now, there's still going to be a faction or a percentage of the people that say, you know, I think I'm going to chill from public places now even though they're telling me that I can be there. I don't think there's going to be this like, Mad rush, you know, out of the neighborhoods into the ballparks. I agree. I think there's going to be a hit.
0: So, Hunter, like, for the fan, like, what kind of revenue hit are you talking about for Major League Baseball? Like, that I think this is a very valid thing to talk about in all of this because all of a sudden, fans are going to be buying tickets like they used to. Maybe if they go to the game, they say, All right, well, I'm not going to have a second beer because that's $14,000 and I don't have $14,000 at the moment. I don't know what a beer costs at the moment. But um, fans are not going to spend like they spend. Is that fair to say, Hunter? Yeah, I think so.
2: I mean, you if you told me tomorrow there's going to be a, a Phillies game, and I got tickets for free somehow, Phillies were giving away free tickets, I'm not jumping out of my house to go to that game instantly after all this is going down. So from a personal experience, I know that there's plenty of people that probably think the same way as I do, and it, it is it is going to take a hit. And, I'm, and now, think about this. The MLB comes back. Well, does the NHL come back? Does the NBA come back? Now, there Who's limited people that would be going to the games now have other options as well. So it's like, well, are they going to go to the Phillies game, or is the NBA back in action? Like, yeah, Especially lim-
1: playoff games, right? Exactly. You're not going to choose exactly. a Phillies game over a Sixers playoff game if you have the opportunity to spend your money or a Flyers so, playoff so, game.
0: so here's my thought about all this, and, and I'm going to kind of wrap up with this because we have under a minute, but uh, the Phillies and JT Real Mutual, I believe they're going to come to an agreement, and here's why. The Phillies... Would you agree with it really fast? Yes or no, guys? Are the Phillies in a better financial position than, say, the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yes. Can they weather a recession better than the Pittsburgh Pirates? Yes. yes. Baltimore Orioles. Think about yes. all the small market teams. The Phillies are going to be in a better spot than a lot of these other teams are, even though there has been this stoppage of play. It's going to affect them less than other teams. And meanwhile, and, and you know, there's some talk out there about the virus sort of coming back around – Here's what I do to get the deal done if I'm the Phillies and they can do it. They work out a deal with Real Muto where he's paid a signing bonus and that signing bonus is spread over the next four years. That means if there's another stoppage for this or any other reason due to health, he will still get paid. They can do that. They can offer that now. It can be more money than the others because I don't think, I think that means overall the salaries are coming down next year. Phillies can get it done. Now is the time for them to use their financial strength to make a deal happen now. And, you know, we're, we're just about out of time for this segment. So uh, my final words, I guess, would be I, I, I kind of ask you this. Do you th- do you understand my rationale? Do you think that puts the Phillies in a better spot to shine Real Muto than perhaps they were a week ago? Hunter? Yeah, it, it makes sense. It just comes down to execution. That's all. Jeff?
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense, and not just execution, but the desire of Rio Muto to do that and not want to at least see what's
0: out there. And I think it makes a lot of sense for both sides to get this done. Frank Close, Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody, we'll be back after this to break down the latest Phillies roster moves and what that might mean for the season coming up. Welcome back to the Powder Blue Podcast. Frank Close here along with Jeff Mosher, Hunter Brody, And we are breaking down what's going on in the absence of Major League Baseball. Lots to talk about breaking down the possible scenarios when baseball returns. And most importantly, we just broke down what that might mean for the Phillies free agent to be JT Real Muto. And now we're going to take a quick look at what's going on in terms of rosters right now. So I just mentioned a a moment ago that there was a roster freeze. So um, the Phillies made a handful of moves the other day. Uh, And that was ahead of the freeze because it was kind of essentially their last chance to option these guys to the minor leagues. Now, uh, they may or may not keep these these guys on the 40 man roster. One interesting thing that that is that has happened is we've seen that the Phillies have and other teams have worked out deals with some of the non roster invitees to figure out what's going to happen next later. Uh, We saw ahead of what would have been the normal deadline, usually like five to seven days out. Players will have opt outs. And so, for example, Neil Walker, who was with the Phillies in camp, Josh Harrison, Logan Forsythe, um, Ronald Torreyes, uh, you know, some of these guys had some opt-outs in their deals. And Forsythe so, was ripping it up too, wasn't he? He was. He was. He very much was. Uh, Forsythe, of course, started ahead of Chase Utley on that those Dodgers teams at the end of Chase Utley's career. So uh, the Phillies had some good, uh, good uh, output from some of these guys. They all agreed to delay. They're opt out until camp resumes, which is good for the Phillies. So ultimately the Phillies made six options. Okay. So they didn't sh- release anybody. Um, they, the the Washington Nationals, for example, did release Hunter Strickland and I believe one other player. So other teams did do that, but the Phillies have managed to hang on to pretty much everybody in that massive camp. They haven't sent anybody packing for good. Um, but uh, six players got uh options at AAA Lehigh Valley. One is reg- relief pitcher Reggie McClain. Okay, somebody they picked up from the Mariners. Now, the, the nice thing about someone like him is he showed some promise, and they'll get to hang on to him in AAA no matter what. Austin Davis, lefty, who was up a couple times, couple couple cups of tea in the major leagues. Edgar Garcia, same kind of scenario. Cole Irvin, the starter, who uh did start some games last season for the Phillies. Outfielder Kyle, Kyle garlic acquired from the Los Angeles Dodgers, right-handed outfielder. And, and, you know, he might've been optioned because there's more time for Andrew McCutcheon to get healthy, right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If they wanted a right-handed outfielder. So, um, and then here's the, here's the one that kind of stands out the most, uh, outfielder Nick Williams optioned to triple a. So, um, They didn't want to get caught with Nick Williams on the roster. (laughs) You know, that's, that's the one thing I want to talk about here because, you know, um, by the way, I mentioned those other infielders, but let's not forget Francisco Liriano, Drew, the bullpen side of things, Francisco Liriano, Drew Storen, uh, Bud Norris, the, um, Anthony Swarzak, They had a number of, of veteran, uh, minor league invites there as well. Their Phillies have hung on to all of those guys. So, um, with the possibility of the 26-man roster or t- going to a 29 men before the season actually begins. Uh, kind of smart of them to hang on to everybody, best they could. Uh, but let, let's talk for a second, just a, just a second, about Nick Williams. My question is, why bother optioning him at this point? Like, Isn't the Nick, Nick Williams story kind of over, Jeff?
1: Uh, not really. I mean, th- this is not a team that I think has a lot of outfield depth, Frank. I mean, especially with McCutcheon. Not knowing when he's going to be back, right? I mean, you, you're, and then obviously the Odubel Herrera situation was probably going to be resolved in a manner that Odubel wasn't back. So if you take Odubel away and you put a question mark a little bit around the start for McCutcheon, then who are your outfielders? There's Bryce Harper, there's um, uh, Hazley, there's Roman Quinn, Jay Bruce. Quinn jay bruce that's four usually you carry like five right if i'm not mistaken they'll have
0: five outfielders usually and under this new circumstances you can expect five outfielders
1: right and maybe even you might want a little bit you know one more if the rosters are going to be expanded a little bit um you know when when this thing gets back together so i don't know who their other option would be in that event i mean i think plus nick's a left-hander he is, and they, they have they can, lots of left-handers. They have lots of left-handers, but again, you're, you're assuming that Nick has to play because somebody's hurt, and so um, I, I can understand it from, for a little bit here.
2: Yeah, I'm at the point now where Nick Williams, like the name just bothers me. That's just the fan in me. It's <laughs> like I'm at the point now where I just don't want to see him in a Phillies uniform anymore because I just feel like time has not been on his side. It's just over with. Like it seems I like, like that's my
1: Hector Neris point. Yeah, she, so, okay.
2: 100. Yes. Exactly. But on, a, the guy was he- a close to Please. All right.
0: Well, no, I, H- I actually H- put a moratorium have, on the Hector, Hector Neris. First of
2: all, I think Hector Neris has to be brought up every podcast. That is the goal. Somehow oh, find a way to get <laughs> most to speak about Hector Neris. I just
1: I don't <laughs> think dying on this. He, he's he was a closer who had thirty saves. Hill is ever going to. be All right. Be all right.
0: Finished. This is not a Hector Neris discussion. All right. Come on. Let's focus here. So. But let's face it though, Nick Williams, someone they 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 traded Cole Hamels and he was supposed to be one of the, the, the big pieces back. Now, certainly Alfaro netted them um JT Real Muto, which is a big deal, but uh Nick Williams, you kinda thought that he was gonna work out, right? Well, do you think that
1: you know the, the shadow of Gabe Kapler being gone might open up something for Nick Williams? Clearly, you know, they had that little Thing early on last year where it was always the I'm not playing because the computers say it or maybe that was even two years ago I can't even remember but I just, I wonder this for a lot of the hitters to be honest with you if, well he
0: wasn't playing last year because Bryce Harper was there but <laughs> right right but I mean
1: like he wasn't even he was pinch hitting for a little bit right didn't
0: he have a pinch hit home he run did he did right break the, the team he did break he did uh, no he didn't break camp with the team uh, he, he did, did play a little bit but 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 ultimately he was rather underwhelming last season. Is sure, that fair to sure. say? He just reminds
2: yeah. me of like Aaron Altair. And I was told Aaron Altair, I'll look at the exit velocity. Oh, that's great. I'm sure the exit velocity was fantastic. He stinks. And they're like the same thing to me. I feel like i look at them and they're the same person.
0: One lefty, one righty. Well, well Nick Williams batted 151 last year. So anyway, he goes, he goes to AAA. Now the way that the rosters rule works, apparently they're still giving them a grace period to bring them back up and not have a count as an option. So if any of these players make the roster somehow, uh, that will not count as a minor league option. If the Phillies choose to get them later. So in a way it was a little bit of a uh, clever maneuvering uh, by the Phillies to do that. So I just have a, another question since we're, we're short on time going forward, but if you do have three roster spots, who do you want those to be given the circumstance and uh, not, not who the player but what do you want the extra three players to be if you're going into a season like this well, with with a short spring training?
1: Yeah, I mean I also think that if you're going into a if their goal is to play 130 games in fewer than 130 days and there's going to be a um uh you know a glut of double headers And then that that is on the
0: table. It is on the table, Jeff, to play some double headers.
1: Right. So obviously you're going to want pitchers with those three spots. I mean, For I can't imagine. Three, would
0: you go all three?
1: Listen, I wouldn't be against it and I I think some forward thinking. I wouldn't be surprised if a team like the Rays or a team like the Yankees did that. Um I think with in the Phillies case, yeah, although I don't know if they have three pitchers good enough at that. They, they don't even have good enough pitchers at the major league level. So to bring up three schlubs just to say I got three pitchers is not going to help. No, right? I, I agree I think,
2: completely. Yeah. Yeah, because even when the name Cole Irvin was mentioned, I'm thinking, here's a guy who throws high 80s, and like, am I supposed to be all pumped up about it? Like, no, the guy just doesn't throw hard enough. I mean, this is the major leagues. He, He even had time last year. So, okay, we bring up these pitchers. Well, all right, we're bringing up pitchers who really aren't that special. So do we bring up all these pitchers just because they're bodies, or do we give someone like Nick Williams another opportunity in the outfield in case something happens to another guy?
0: I gotta wonder like wouldn't you wanna sort of spread it around? Like would would it help to have an extra utility player like that can play infield and f- so so right now the Phillies have to choose two of 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 Harrison, of Forsyth? And of Walker, like I like, I, wouldn't it be nice to have all three of them? And then you know they can spell you in the outfield if you want to take it easy on Andrew McCutcheon at first. You know if that's that's what you need to do, and then maybe have an extra arm in the bullpen, and then maybe carry an extra starter who can spot start be your double header. Unfortunately, though, that means both Velasquez and uh, Pavetta could make the rotation right if you go six men with double headers. Um, but no, but maybe somebody else who could start. Who could be a long man in the bullpen, and then have somebody be perhaps an extra reliever, so that when you're playing all these double headers, you know you're you're not making your buddy Hector Neris go twice a day.
2: Yeah, no. I, I like the I like the Neil Walker name though. I I feel like that's a good name for for a utility guy there. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's logical to go all pitching just because we know how bad their bullpen can be and we're talking about the double headers like it it does make sense but i i also believe that maybe grabbing some guys that can play in both spots maybe can play some all around the infield or whatnot is is also a way to approach this as well and i feel like that is the way they will approach it rather than all pitching i think that's just us being emotional emotional about where this pitching staff is
1: yeah, and I would just add to that. I think it would be good to have a veteran like Neil, but if you're going to bring up three, it would be nice to have two younger guys just because um, I-, I think you want as much energy <laughs> and-, and youthful, kind of like, this is my shot to make it. You know, you want those those roster spots taken up by guys who are hungry and understand their role is not going to be every day and try to get in there and, and
0: impress. I actually think Walker is my go to first bench guy, but, you know, um, but I also like Forsyth. I also like Tarrison. I don't you know you might not have to choose among the three of them for two spots so that's one advantage you might have so um a lot will depend on when camp opens up maybe we'll kind of they'll still have a job to fight for which is kind of interesting to think about that uh spring training could resume in the summer (laughs) and you have the opportunity there Uh, just one piece of breaking news which is which is kind of going through right now is that um that Sir Anthony Dominguez has been recommended to undergo Tommy John surgery. So, as the time we are, of course, I'm in the last minute and trying to wrap this show up. I just learned that Sir Anthony Dominguez is going to undergo Tommy John surgery. Well, I'll say this, that's real quick. I you were
2: listening to our pod. I'm stunned.
0: <laughs> I'm stunned.
2: Really stunned. Well, because like, it's the right thing. <laughs> I, as if we didn't know this was going to happen last year. That's all. Gotcha.
0: I thought this was gonna happen the year he came up, even though like I just I just didn't like the way he threw. Um, but you know, but w- what better than a shortened season for that to happen? So and by the way, that was Mike Gilt texting me just now. <laughs> <So you better laughs> He's get, the one who's letting me know the news. You better but, uh, get that article. Because I, I'm busy I'm busy recording, so but now it's time for me to go write about it on 973 espncom So we must say farewell. Frank Close here alongside Jeff Mosher and hunter brody this is the powder blue podcast i'm sure we'll talk about that more next time and we hope to talk to you then have a great one everybody stay safe